Hi, I'm Rob Kendall and this is the Front End Podcast. The Front End Podcast explores the ins and outs of life as a developer. We delve into challenging topics around modern day development and technology, including learning, professional growth, programming languages, frameworks, tools, techniques, UX, UI, careers, and so much more. Here we are in episode episode 10. I can't believe I'm 10 episodes in. feels like I've been doing it a lot longer, but I think that's because I do it on like a two-weekly schedule. I know some of these hip kids are doing it every like either every day or like twice a week or weekly, but I just I can't commit to that level of, of existence. And with, with me today is Scott Spence, the infamous Scott Spence of uh, Twitterland. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm, I'm very well, thank you, Rob. And uh, I really do like the podcast, so thanks for having me on. No, no, thanks for thanks for coming on. Uh, you know, it's great to that people give up the time to it. Scott's going to talk to us today about kind of his journey into development uh, as an experienced developer. Uh, he's going to tell us about the Jamstack, GraphQL, Gatsby, all these lovely things that he likes that I'm relatively new to, so I'm hoping I'm going to learn something as well. So yeah, I, I think we'll start off with how he got into development, because I'm always really interested in this, because mine is like being the most plain vanilla experience ever it's like i built pcs and did infrastructure and then i kind of just learned how to program so it was almost like the full circle but it was literally just it programming job done where some people have got these wacky wild paths into it where they're like i used to i used to train cats for the um for the film industry and now i decided to do javascript and now i write graphql <laughs> queries on a daily basis and you're like how, how did you get into this so yeah how did uh, how did you get into development Nothing as um, uh, as exciting as uh, being a, a cat trainer. I mean, I've always been interested in uh, computers from a very early age. Uh, I think our parents. I mean, we had the uh, what's the what's the Atari game system where you um, you put the cartridges into. Uh, my older brother had one of those to begin with. Um, yeah, he used to always destroy me at the the tanks game. Yeah, after that, we sort of progressed on to uh, I think it was an Atari STE. Um, which is where I sort of uh, I first learned about double clicking a mouse, um, so that was that was uh, a revelation when I found out how to do that uh, to actually open a file. You know, I like gaming and stuff, but um, for like tech and computers, um, I sort of I was like a like a, a temporary office worker, and um, I got a bit good at Excel. Uh, I sort of fell into it that way. So I mean, I just want to be a bit um, upfront here about my sort of my my web development and how long I've actually been in web development. I've been like uh, professionally employed as a web developer for just under two years now, uh, but prior to that, I was like a business analyst, um, and I did lots of stuff with uh, VBA, Excel. All things like that. So that was we we were termed as technical project managers. So I, I always get contacted on LinkedIn about uh, project management jobs. I, I'm not a project manager. I'm just good. I, you know, I was just good with Excel and uh, SQL at the time. In sort of 2016, everything was sort of moving to the browser. The, the, the sort of work I was doing was very much moving into like data science, and I wasn't about that really I, I sort of preferred the UI stuff making stuff look pretty and clicking buttons and making stuff happen on a page you'd always get the ooh from from that you know so that was you know that uh what i was uh, always sort of keen to do and to, to help people do things 
better more efficiently um which I, you know i did for a very long time i was doing it for about uh, just over 11 years but now i'm a sort of a professional web developer so uh, i work at a place called karmarama it's part of the uh, accenture interactive group and i work for like the digital agency side of it called creative products and um, we do quite a lot of um, sort of high profile ad campaigns at karmarama stuff for like the army bt i got can't really talk about anything more than that. Um, so, um, but um, I do advocate primarily Gatsby, but the the Jamstack as well. I've, I've done stuff which isn't Gatsby at work as well. So, um, yeah, I know it might might be a shock to some people, but um, yeah, I mean, so my journey was um, sort of got got a bit good at Excel. Um, got spotted by uh, like an engineering manager. Um, they decided to give me a role as a, like a VBA developer. Um, and then I sort of reskilled from that into to web development over the last sort of since about mid 2016. Yeah, that's it. I mean, it's it's, it's terribly dull, um, but I managed to span it over about four minutes. The whole the whole the whole story is like a four minute story, but it's really dull. Um, so so yeah, that's how I sort of got into uh, where I am at the moment. If I had a pound for every sort of accountant I've met in my life and, and analysts and people who sort of took Excel and did really clever things in it that you probably shouldn't do in excel but they would get really excited about look i've built this almost completely functioning program within excel it's crazy yeah but it it, it raises a good point though i think about yeah you know, i come across a lot of junior and aspiring developers and i think there is this kind of fear that they haven't got like a plan you know i think some people do they have that kind of five-year plan or that stereotypical five ten-year plan that i'm going to do this and then this and i think a lot of people, myself included, and it sounds like you, just kind of have your ear to the ground a little bit and you recognise when an opportunity comes along and when, when you maybe should make that leap. And you obviously saw that um, the VBA side of it was, you know, partly as well, not not that you wanted to go down that path yourself, but more that maybe, like you said, it was going a bit more browser-based and it, it's a good time to kind of, the opportunities there to kind of diversify your skill set and move in a different direction. I think that's quite Absolutely. an important skill that, you know, people don't talk about at all. Yeah, I mean, the whole Microsoft Office suite is in the browser now. I'm not sure how many sort of organizations are, are moving down that path, but um, I'm guessing a lot of these uh, large enterprise, you know, financial organizations, they still run off of Excel, I'm sure of it, and they will be for a very long time still. <laughs> so uh, there's still a market in it, but um, it was something which, um, you know, like you say, I thought everything's moving to the browser so i think my skills should be moved you know aligned with that as well you've got to you've got to move with the times because i think eventually the doors the doors are always kind of closing behind you and i think eventually they do shut and there's only so long you can sort of keep going you know it's a bit like anything so why do you think Woolworths kind of collapsed and all these big brands in the uk it's because it's not because they're terrible usually it's just because they don't do anything different that they've ever done for the past 70 years and then they wake up in 2020 although well, not 2020 because this is not the year to measure anything by but like until 2020 <laughs> it's up until 2019 i think we'll just have a blank in the history it just went 2018 19 21 and we just missed it yeah. But yeah they they wake up suddenly and they're like oh what we're doing isn't what people want and it's like but then it's too big of a shift to steer and i, yeah, I think that 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 kind of thing it's, it's always good to it might not be the most popular figure but i've always kind of richard branson did you know it's like just say yes to things and, and you know look at the opportunity then then kind of go with it I, I love the fact that you work for a company called Kamarama. it's uh it's what a great name it's a it's a great it's a, it's a very good great culture there really good culture um very good collaborative teams and um yeah i'm, I'm um i mean I, I turned up there uh 18 months ago now 
no, I, I think what I got across to the engineering manager at the time and to the team leader was just my eagerness to learn and to, to work with certain technologies. And um, I think that's what they, you know, I think that's what secured me the role, really. And obviously, I've got, uh, you know, a, a prior background in working for large organizations as well. So that might be uh, partly as well. I know you're, you're a big champion of like the Jamstack. I mean, I, I love it for all I don't sort of use it typically in my kind of day-to-day work, but I, I do use it for like my personal site and stuff. But the Jamstack and Gatsby, and do you get an opportunity to play with those kind of technologies as part of Camarama? Um, is it one of those, it's, right, it's like a project-to-project based kind of thing that you do, so you get to play with different things? Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the last um, project we did for a client was with Preact, which um, which was uh, which was a PWA. It could have very easily been a, uh, a Gatsby app. I, I don't know about ninety five percent of the stuff I'm presenting. We have a yeah, we could do it in Gatsby, no problem. <laughs> so, and there are times where I've sort of got part way through a project and going, yeah, this isn't the wasn't the right choice for this. So, there there are things where you know I, I've got a much better understanding now of what what tools to use when, and um, it, it's it's not always just. Uh, uh, always down this this one this one route, but uh, I do love the, uh, the the DX the developer experience of of Gatsby. You know the the rich and vibrant plugin ecosystem. There's there's always a plugin for for something on Gatsby. You can almost guarantee it. Yeah, but the, the last project was in Pret. Uh, really enjoyed it. As uh, a Vega project, uh, which did didn't have anything serverless in it. It was all cached in in the browser. And it was a lot of, um, you know, Lottie, the, uh, I think it's Airbnb. It's like an animation tool where you can uh, use your uh, After Effects animations as React components. Very in-depth with that. And uh, it's quite quite, quite a hefty sort of uh, page. But once you sort of downloaded it, you could use it offline, which is what the client wanted to do. They wanted to be able to take it into, uh, to see perspective uh, clients and just just show it to them without any any hiccups you know any sort of uh, missing assets or anything like that so uh, that was that was pretty cool and um yeah talk to us about the uh, about the jam stack i think it's one of those weird terms that it's not a new term at all but i think a lot of people still kind of come across it for the first time They're like what is this i've heard of lamp and now there's kind of Mern kicking about and, and these other kind of stacks that come about but just 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 pick 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 a stack uh, <laughs> and let you like and just just call it your stack uh, the jam stack is uh javascript apis and markup that should all be um self-explanatory i hope uh, th- there's this um uh, stigmatism i don't know what it is but especially around gatsby that everything you do in Jamstack is static uh, but it's not um what w- because of we can use serverless stuff now you've got the the ability to get your anything you want in in a static site obviously there's going to be like a runtime cost for you know if it's like high transactional stuff then maybe you might want to look at doing something dynamically but uh for, for the jam stack sorry just going back to what it is it's just static files on a cdn somewhere um which you can access very quickly um, and in this day and age, um, accessing things quickly on the internet, um, there's there's a stack. I mean, I've done a talk at work about it. The, there's the statistic on loading times. Uh, there's like a, um, a survey done by Google, big white paper. Um, and if your site takes longer than three seconds to load, um, I think you lose a third of your traffic. So uh, that's always the big sell to me is the actual the time to interactive um, to, to someone actually visiting the site and being able to use it. People who are in e-commerce, you know, they will say fractions of seconds cost millions of pounds. So, you know, if you want to take fast, 
make it static. And uh, if you want stuff dynamic, then you know if if, you can, if it's not hard transactional and you can get stuff as and when user driven, then just get it via a serverless function, and you're all good. And I think there are an awful lot of cases for that nowadays. You know, we we kind of the the web almost started a bit more like that. It was kind of a lot. Simpler, Absolutely, yeah. It kind of yeah. grew and grew, and we did these fancy things. Um, and we ended up with these massively bloated mega sort of megalith sites. And the Jamstack does kind of address that quite nicely with, you know, bringing things a little bit back to, well, I suppose it, it bridges the gap. It ultimately for the user it produces a much faster static experience with those static assets. But for the developer, a lot of the, you know, the tooling, a lot of the tooling and the, the platforms and the frameworks we use enable us to work how we like to as developers so we can grab a lot of data kind of before we build it um, and do these kind of, I suppose, maybe dynamic things as a developer, but then it all just kind of munges it all together into this kind of uh, nicely servable static output, which is kind of a win-win for everyone, I think. And it seems like Gatsby's, you know, at the heart of a lot of that. And I'm going to admit that I'm I'm relatively new to Gatsby. My own site is hosted on Gatsby, so people always ask me, yeah, something, something, Gatsby, how do you do this? And I'm like, well, I'm not going to lie to you. One of the skills of an experienced developer is being able to, as we technically put it in the, in the lingo, grok something. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm skilled enough to go, I see this works as it is. I'll just edit little bits that look very obvious as to what they do. Yeah. So yeah. when I built my site, it was on the Gatsby, have a really good kind of starter. They do, yeah. Yeah, that's what it's built on. It's like the starter, and it comes bundled with a CMS, and you basically just build it, and you just shove it all up to Netlify. And Netlify is a great kind of serverless environment that you can host stuff really simply, and I absolutely love it the bits. Uh, it just hooks straight into GitHub, so you just say, take this repo and automatically build it when I check something in, and it just builds your little Gatsby site, and off you go. And you rarely have to touch it. I had to do some hacking about with the GraphQL queries. But anyway, back to Gatsby. Gatsby uh, and your going to be more experienced in this than i am but i'm going to explain it for my own benefit it's a, it is a kind of a framework and a platform that that allows you to run graphql queries so kind of like database queries against a range of different static assets like uh, md files or uh you know headless cms files and these things to so pull your data in from almost wherever you wish reference it as if it were a database and then spaff it into some kind of um you know static react components and things like that is that about right that sounds about right yeah so um it does have uh like a, an internal file system the gatsby file system which at runtime it builds up a schema of the um i mean you need to to configure it to point to local files but then um, it would include all those files in uh, like the graphql schema um which you can uh, you can go ahead and query it's got a, a built-in uh, graph graphical explorer so it's graph iql for some reason um, and then you can just go and explore your data in there and then that um, i find sort of helps uh, shape your like your react components as well so you go and you find what data you want get it a la carte just just the field you need uh, build up your sort of looks like a json object and then you can use that to sort of flesh out your uh, any component you're, you're you're making for that data yeah i mean and and for um uh, anything external outside of the uh, the Gatsby file system, then that would be uh, like a plugin. So uh, if you're using Contentful, there's a Gatsby source Contentful plugin. I should actually know what it's called because I'm currently working on a Gatsby um, Contentful CMS. Uh, I've literally just put my work laptop away, so I can't actually go through the code. Um, but uh, yeah, there's um, 
there's a plugin for it. Absolutely. If you can, if it, if it's a, a tool and, um, it's, uh, you know, like a, a source plugin, there's ones for graph CMS, uh, WordPress. It is, it is massive. Um, so if you've got, I mean, this, this is a good opportunity as well for like, uh, WordPress devs to sort of transition away from the sort of front end side of things, just working with templates all the time to actually be using a, a modern framework, you know, which has got a much better developer experience, but you've still got the WordPress infrastructure on the back end. So you can, you can use it in that fashion as well. So anything which is third party, there's more than likely been uh, like a Gatsby source plugin created for it already. So you can use WordPress as your chosen CMS, but actually just layer Gatsby over it and then serve Absolutely, it on a yeah, yeah. static site. That is amazing. I didn't see you learn something every day, kids. Every day is a school day. <laughs> I didn't know that. I've built WordPress sites in the past, and like I know it, it's one of these things of like it powers something like 90% of the web. It's like crazy. Uh, it's, it's, it's falling. It's about 30%, yeah. It, well, it used to be. I'm exaggerating for comic effect, but it used to be. Uh, <laughs> it, it was still really high. And 30%, really, if you're given like the amount of websites, that's still quite a lot. Yep. But I've always found it, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm not, like I don't have an affinity with PHP. I don't come from that background, but it, it's always been a bit clunky. And I don't know, it's kind of, it's really good until you kind of start putting plugins in that you kind of need, and then it slows it right down. And it comes back to that thing of, like you said, every page load, it's like, let me go off and run all my PHP and get stuff out of a database and bundle it up for you, then, you know, sponge it back down to the browser. And you're like, yeah, it's heavy handed. What I always get terrified about is just just migrating. So if you want to go from like uh, development to staging to staging to production, there's there's whole industries come up um, just in, in this data migration thing. I, I've always just found it baffling that you just got to get out this uh, this SQL tool and just rewrite all of the SQL in the the database before you can move it. So that's yeah, super clunky, and I've never really been a fan of that. Yeah, we did something similar just recently. It was an old, uh, it was an old like freelancing client, and the site it was an e-commerce one that like pretty much underpins our entire business, and it hadn't been updated for a while just because it was one of the things they weren't they weren't willing to kind of go down that maintenance route. Yeah. So we were like, well, this could happen, and then eventually it's like, oh dear, and that was yeah, that's a terrifying experience. If you if you if you like being a bit more indoorsy but still want the high octane thrill of like jumping out of a plane or something, just sort of try migrating a WordPress site or pushing something on a Friday of production. It's like the level of terror was real. But it's, yeah, I think it's, I'm always trying to learn a bit, a bit more about Gatsby and having a bit of control over, over things. Um, And that, that's kind of on my roadmap for, I would say this year, but whenever, whenever we get back to normal, uh, normal service being resumed, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to delve into a bit more because it's okay being able to hack stuff about to get it to do what you want. And there's no, pressure on my side because it's just my site right but if you know I'd, I'd like to have the opportunity to use something like that to be a bit more now i get asked a lot again i think people it comes down to sort of juniors or people starting out they get very you know overwhelmed as it's very easy to do in our industry with just the sheer amount of things to learn and it's very much, you know, right, I've done a bit of JavaScript, so I do React or Vue or some other stuff. Do you think, you know, the industry as a whole is moving or certainly leaning as much as possible towards this kind of Jamstack approach and, and tools like Gatsby? Uh, and do you think that's something that uh, aspiring or, or upcoming developers, they should focus on that kind of thing? Absolutely. I think it's uh, an upcoming thing. Uh, what's the word for it? I sort of uh, hitched my, my horse to it. 
Um, and it's something I want to focus on for the next sort of three to five years. Um, but who knows what's going to happen in the next three to five years. Um, we could have another 2020 on our hands. So we <laughs> don't really know. But um, <laughs> what I would say to, uh, um, you know, anyone like aspiring developers just, just upcoming is what everyone will say is just, just know the, know the basics. Uh, and which is something I need to, to focus on as well. Cause I'm very much in this, this, this bubble of Gatsby. Um, and you know, I, I reach out for other tools every now and then. So one of the reasons why I, I like React and Gatsby so much is that it is just JavaScript. Um, so I, I shouldn't use the word just, it is JavaScript. It is great to, to work with that. Um, so if you have um, a good foundation in, in JavaScript, then it shouldn't be that much of uh, a jump to it. And the same for HTML and CM CSS. I used to hate CSS. I, I quite like CSS now. I quite like styling things. But, um, uh, you know, when you sort of first come in as a, as a, as a junior, uh, I found a lot of people were quite dismissive of it. Same for like, HTML. Uh, oh, it's, it's not it's not programming it's it's just it's markup fair point but you know there's there's whole industries um around people who do that around people who do like svg svg animations this it's like a whole world and it, it just it just depends on where you want to to focus your energy to do you know for for, for your career basically so um there's you know you see all the the memes about people saying oh yeah i've been i've done html and css the last two weeks i've got three weeks to learn javascript and i always find they're they're amusing but um oh yeah i'm 75 percent complete on uh on javascript on the sort of profiles and stuff i I would always say back when i was a vba developer out of a out of a 10 where would you mark yourself and i'd say like seven at best and they'd be like, well, there's not that much to it. And I'm like, well, there's 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 always stuff to learn. There's always new ways of doing things and ways of working. So um, I think if you said you were at that level, then you're either arrogant or, uh, you know, not that clever, uh, you know, to <laughs> to say oh, I'm absolute master in something because it's not possible. I don't think what I would say is just know what you need to know. And if there's something you need to learn at, at the time, then then learn it. Uh, one thing I've got uh, quite sort of, uh, what's the way for it, particular about is, uh, you know, how I spend my time and energy. And um, there's a thing which West Boss coined um, is just just in time learning. There's no point in sort of spending, uh, you know, months learning, uh, let's say, jQuery. There's, there's not a great market. For, there is still, a, you know, a lot of jobs for jQuery, but it's it's sort of dying out you could be learning this as a junior spending all this time learning this this is just an example this could be for anything but you'd, you'd learn all the ins and outs of that and then you don't touch it for a while and then that that knowledge is gone again it's just on how often you use something and how you know it's like a muscle isn't it you've got to train it and and keep at it to, to be consistent at it focus on the basics and if there's something you need to learn specifically at that time then go ahead and learn it, figure it out. I mean, I think it's what you were saying earlier about being an experienced developer. It's just, you know, you, you sort of get a feel for something, how a pattern works and how, um, you know, how things are structured. And you just, you just change a bit, save it, look at it. Have you broken it? No. Okay, good. Change something else. And it just, just work through things like that is, uh, that's the modern web development process. I think. <laughs> I like that term just in time learner. It, it puts it, I've always kind of operated like that because I had, uh, Emma Bostian on, uh, in an in a earlier episode, I think it was two episodes ago, and it was it was quite validating to have someone like her say, "Yeah, I've got a terrible memory," because I'm the same. It, it's like I can sit and learn something not nonstop unless I start using it regularly. My brain just goes, "Don't need this." Bin. Yeah, and it's like 
and I always say that to people when they get a bit panicky about, oh, should I do this and that and the other? Like, well, I don't think it hurts to have like a bit of exposure. Um, yeah. I think some of the, the recent one was someone was talking about DevOps and it's like, look, you know, DevOps in itself is a, is a completely separate job. Unless you're doing something really high level and noddy, then, you know, it's a bit unrealistic for people to say, oh, I want you to be a front end developer, but also can you deploy all our stuff? Because you're like, well, it's, it's, a, it's a job in its own right. I think it doesn't hurt for you to kind of be able to talk that language. So I, I you know, go away and maybe have a look at Azure Pipelines or something like Semaphore or Circle CI or uh, even Netlify and kind of look at how, you know, you get the thing that you've built into uh, the user's arms. And, and so it's helpful to understand even at high level some terms and the kind of how the building blocks put together without doing a deep dive. And I, I generally do that. I think that's where I've gone with my learning of Gatsby. I, you know, saw it was a great tool, but I have no realistic project to use it on, and it would be very contrived for me to do so. Um, and the only reason it's worked for me is I had my own personal website that I was moving off Ghost because it was a fortune and run on Linux servers and stuff. So I was like, I, I don't know about this. I'm going <laughs> to leave it alone. So I migrated <laughs> to that, and it's allowed me to kind of play with it because I write blogs and I update stuff, and I can kind of dig into it. But anything else, you know, that I'd like to learn, if you're not going to use it you know regularly for me the knowledge just disappears so it's pointless absolutely you yeah. better off learning it when you when you kind of need to there's this thing called uh zettercasten it's a german term for i think it's uh, like a german researcher it's basically just um having all of your notes somewhere where you can go and reference them um and what you're saying about your personal site there's this uh term called the digital garden which um, I've, I've literally just moved all of my content from, I had a, like a blog called the localhost.blog or localhost.io. And um, I've, I've recently moved it all from there just to uh, scottspence.com. So it's, it's all together and it's just, it's, it's my material. It's where I go, you know, I, I put my notes for stuff. It's not like, uh, you know, I'm not a, like a blog house. I'm not, uh, you know, I don't publish things. I'm not like uh, uh, like a book writer or anything like that. It's just something where um, if there's an issue, I've come up against something and I've worked it out. I think that's good. Um, I write that for 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 future me, but I also write it for past me, sort of people in the same position as me. Uh, I think that's that's important, uh, and and they you can always go back to it and reference it again. Uh, and I've also done something called uh, cheat sheets xyz which was at the time was like my my my, Zach, my digital garden for like uh git or git commands and um but basically anything which um i learned along the way which was just like a one-liner i'd, I'd sort of put it into this big uh i think it was a, like a github gist at the time um and then it moved into its own repo with just um uh, markdown files for each specific technology and then guess what it turned into a Gatsby site uh, just because it's all it's all marked down because it's all marked down files. Um, I thought, okay, great, this is an opportunity for me to make something with Gatsby, and it, it's just like a big filter on all of these different types of technology. So, uh, Git's always one I'm always referring to, CSS, JavaScript, and um, you just filter it out for the thing you need, and then just just you know pick out your like it's got a copy paste button on there, so you can just take out that one line of code you you always forget and uh, just just paste it in there. So. That's a belting bit of advice. Almost like just no matter what level you're at, start start a blog or a journal, even if it's a private one, because the amount of times you'll help your future self. Because honestly, I've written some clever stuff, but I will literally go back like three weeks later and go, 
who wrote this this, this <laughs> what is nonsense this? just how how does this work and you're like i wrote it and literally I can't, I can't. and it's not because it's complicated it's just that's development there's so many moving parts and you come across familiar kind of problems but because they're not frequent familiar problems you know you kind of how did i solve this and this is why these ridiculous stories of people finding their own answer on stack overflow years later that they went oh thanks so i think that's a great bit of advice and there's a lot of people on twitter that have come out of nowhere seemingly and i think like um catalin pitt's one of them he he seems to he's like one of these you know it's not quite overnight but overnight sort of twitter sensations and i think largely he's very popular because he's a very realistic honest developer who's just kind of really catalogued what his journey from not being a developer to kind of learning it and, and on he goes then other people find that and go oh that could help me and i think that's such a great bit of advice log what you're doing people record it again that's, that's largely what i do uh, a lot of the stuff i've been writing lately has been infrequent but longer articles about sort of data handler patterns with redux because i thought this is really good what i'm writing but i'll, I'll never remember it <laughs> i'm gonna definitely yeah, yeah. use it later on anything else you want to talk about in uh, in the the jamstack gatsby world um, I mean, Jamstack, um, I think Gatsby's very aligned with that term now, um, along with, like you said, Netlify. Also, Vercel is a great platform for um, uh, for like Jamstack sites. They've got a great serverless platform. Um, I use that for like the uh, like the open graph images, just like the little preview card you see on Twitter. And it's just a serverless function. You just put that together, stick it on now SH, and then you've got serverless images, uh, you know, open graph images for any sort of URL you pass to it, which is cool. There's also um, a, a bit of work um, still, like super beta. Um, I think on the readme on the site, it says it's somewhere between Yeet and YOLO. Uh, <laughs> but um, it looks very it looks very interesting. It's by a guy called Chris Biscardi, who you, you may or may not know. He's like one of the the uh, the, the, the core contributors for uh, MDX and Gatsby MDX. Um, and it uses, what is it? It uses, um, it's called Toast. And there's another part called Sector. And I think Toast uses uh, Snowpack, and ESM modules, um, so the the sort of no bundle being shipped, um, and it looks something. It looks like uh, it's going to be very exciting. It doesn't it doesn't support IE eleven, so um, sorry IE eleven. Not not sorry really, not sorry. <laughs> but um, it, that looks really that looks really interesting. Uh, that's um, on the horizon. So that I'm, I'm very sort of keen to to get a bit more involved with that and sort of start playing around with that. And there's there's also um, Snowpack, which I talked about as well. Other than that, no, I think I've already plugged uh, you know cheatsheets.xyz and uh, scottspence.com. My Twitter handle is spencess10 on Twitter. So that's all the plugs out of the way. Going to be an extra question, do you have got anything to plug? You're straight in there with the plugs. I love it. Absolutely, yeah. No, I listen to the podcast. So <laughs> excellent, but I will. Uh, are you going to listen to your own self? Yeah, but I don't think so. <laughs> no, I, 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 I kind of have to because I have to edit these things. But I generally don't, <laughs> uh, don't listen to my own voice because I, I realise it sounds better in my head. But it's this awful kind of weird, weird Middlesbrough twang that I've got to it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I was, I was, I was agreeing with with me, not um, not not, not saying you've got a. Uh, I was didn't mean anything about your accent. I was just talking about listening to my own voice as well. <laughs> Maybe I need to get a podcast voice. You know, like your mum has the like the phone voice when she used to speak. Yeah. Voice. <laughs> yeah, podcast voice. Start thinking. Maybe I can get it on model it on like James L. Jones or something. That really, that really rich voice. No, thank you, thank you so much for coming on. It's always good to have other developers and get their perspective and see what they're up to. And uh, I, I've learned something today. 
about WordPress and Gatsby. So there you go. It's worth it, if nothing else, for that. That's why it's always helpful to talk to the people in the industry because uh, you can just get outside your box and learn and learn things. So no, thank you very much for coming on. I'll uh, ask you the same as everyone else. If you know, send us over anything you want to link to, and I'll stick it in the show notes so people can just access it. And yeah, thank you very much. And we'll I, w- I shall see you about the Twitterverse. Absolutely. Have a great have a great rest of your evening. Cheers. Thanks, Rob. Bye bye. So that's it for this episode. Do consider subscribing and give us a like or a share on social media. Speaking of which, if you'd like to follow the show, we're available on Twitter at Frontend Podcast. You can follow me, Rob Kendall, uh, on Twitter too at Kendall Mint Code. If you'd like to find out more about the show, sponsor an episode, or be a guest, you can find out more on the dedicated website, thefrontendpodcast.site.